most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everyone? This is Samantha Praviti, your host of the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am joined, as always, by Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat writer whose work you can find on the Action Network in New Orleans. Football. Mike, how was your weekend? Pretty good. I actually got to watch football since the Saints played on uh, Thursday night. So uh, I, I felt like I, I'm more researched than ever before, even though I was joking <laughs> with you before we went on the air. You have your free Kyle Pitts sign. Oh, man, my hopes for Kyle Pitts. I keep putting him out there, and I actually watched them throw to him twice in the red zone and actually complete a pass to him from the one-yard line that was still short of the goal line somehow. So frustrating. (laughs) I am so out on this Falcons team. I mean, sometimes they show hints of life. It's kind of like how Matt Ryan was like the QB2 last week, and then, of course, he turns back into a pumpkin the next week. Well, that kind of happened with Kyle Pitts. He is back into a pumpkin, back into fantasy jail. I I don't know if it's the Falcons. I mean, obviously, Marcus Mariota completing eight passes in a single game where they were trailing by double digits for like the whole game is totally unacceptable to me, but I know that there were also misses, too, on his part, so there's there's combined guilt here, combined blame. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Well, Matt Ryan, obviously, turned into uh, more than a pumpkin. I'm sure that's going to be one of the lead news items this week. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I guess we can just jump right into some of the news and storylines from things that happened this Sunday and this past week. Um, So we do have the news that Matt Ryan is ostensibly benched for the rest of the season. Like I did see that he has a shoulder injury, a separated shoulder, but it sounds like they are going to roll with Sam Ellinger for the rest of the season at quarterback. So I don't have any really good frame of reference for Ellinger. I, uh, I believe he was a seventh round pick from last year's draft. So not a lot to go on. This will be his first NFL start. Do you have any hope for, the Colts receivers at this point? No, well, I think it's really unfortunate for them um, because the one thing Matt Ryan was doing was throwing frequently. Um, It it wasn't very effective for Indianapolis, (laughs) but I looked this up, but just before we went on, Matt Ryan is tied for the NFL lead right now in completions this year, uh, but he's 29th (laughs) in yards per completion. So all he was doing was throwing a short pass right away to stay out of trouble uh, because that offensive line has been horrible. Uh, But that's why we were getting these numbers. We were getting, that's why we're going to be talking about Paris Campbell as, as a possible wide receiver pickup. And it's hard to believe that Sam Ellinger is going to help in that regard. I I, I think he's more, a more mobile quarterback and probably help the Colts offense uh, that he can escape trouble and maybe keep plays alive longer. Maybe that'll make more downfield throws possible. Maybe that'll help. Pittman, maybe that'll help Alec Pierce, but I think, I think the volume is going to go way down. I think, and, and, you know, just his inexperience alone and the fact that we can't trust anything in this offense, the way their offensive line is playing. I don't think this is necessarily a positive sign for, for the good players on on the offense. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was uh, trying to find a silver lining here. At least maybe it could help the running backs or maybe Naheem Hines with dump off type passes or Paris Campbell even like in a PPR type format, but it doesn't look great for me. So it doesn't look great for the Colts in general. Um, but onto a different set of running backs. So my Carolina Panthers are really messing up this tanking <laughs> thing. They've got it all backwards. Do they not? Because they're in the middle of this fire sale, which they say is not a fire sale, but whatever. They got rid of Robbie Anderson. They have now treated Christian McCaffrey RIP. I'm still very much mourning that, but it's on to 2023 for, for us. Um, but it then they do that and they go out there and just absolutely trounce the uh, Buccaneers, which I definitely did not have on my bingo card. I'm sure that blew up a whole bunch of people's parlays. Well, I, I know from hearing the Saints talk optimistically about trying to salvage their season at two and five, that two and five is only one game out of the division lead right now. So the, uh, and yes, it does count as a fire sale. One of the few situations where they only had to trade one player to, to declare it a fire sale. And they traded, they traded the one guy that makes it an official uh, fire sale. But yeah, I mean, I'm not overly optimistic about the Panthers running backs because even though both Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman had big games, I don't think either one of us expect the game scripts to look like that going forward to be protecting 21 to three leads. Um, Even though Deontay Foreman ended up with the bigger numbers, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued by Chuba Hubbard there uh, for a few reasons. He's, he actually started and was getting more snaps uh, before he went out with an injury that they said was minor. Um, So if he played the whole game, maybe he would have ended up with the better numbers, but he's clearly the better pass catcher. And I think we think Carolina will use their running backs to catch passes more often than just running the ball consistently and controlling the game. And he's the young one that they want to look to for the future. So I, I, you know, Deontay Foreman is not going to go away. I would lean a little toward Chuba Hubbard, but, but I think it's overall a little disturbing how much they split time. Here we go. They get rid of Christian McCaffrey and we just wind up inheriting another timeshare in a backfield. Yeah, another timeshare in a backfield in an offense that is not exciting, a P.J. Walker-wielded offense. So it is hard to get excited about a lot of players on this team, save D.J. Moore, who actually had a nice game. So Welcome back. Good, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I like seeing that. Good for him. I know that there were uh, some angry managers out there on the fantasy Twitter space that were saying that they sat more for the first time all season. Of course, of course it works out that I way. I sat him but... for Brandon Cooks. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually speaking of Brandon Cooks, there are a potential number of other, maybe not fire sales, but potential movers and shakers at this trade deadline, which is quickly approaching. Um, we've got Cam Akers, who is in some kind of philosophical with uh, Sean McVay, Elijah Moore, year two receiver, who's already out on the Jets. I'm actually pretty surprised. I thought that was kind of brazen. We've got Melvin Gordon, who is not was not happy with his usage a couple of weeks ago. He ended up being used a little bit more this week. Um, Kareem Hunt, who is maybe on the trading block. They're taking calls for him in uh, in, in Cleveland. Jerry Judy's getting some calls. Brandon Cooks, like I said, are there any ones that you're really interested in, uh, especially if they could like the change in team could make a big impact for fantasy? Yeah. I mean, situation would be huge. Um, I, 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 I could be wrong about this, so I don't, I don't want to just go with my Twitter hearsay or whatever, but I believe there was a, like a report that Cam Akers was liking a post, or I mean that Melvin Gordon was liking a post. Yes. 
that someone <laughs> said, trade him for Cam Akers straight up. Who says no? And I thought, yeah, that would be really good for both guys, wouldn't it? I mean, um, because I would like either Cam Akers or Melvin Gordon, if they were clearly a featured back in a situation, I would like whoever the Denver back is if they went with one and stuck with one. Um, so I'm a little intrigued. If Kareem Hunt ended up in Denver, that would be, you know, yeah. that would feel exciting. But um, but the problem is, you know, with all those running backs, it obviously depends on situation. Any one of those guys needs to be the one who, who's leading a timeshare by themselves. I, I was actually a little uh, encouraged that Melvin Gordon got as much uh, work as he did. But my first thought was, are they just showcasing him so they can trade him now? <laughs> right. I mean, hey, Christian McCaffrey had that great game last a uh, couple weeks ago. And I was thinking, oh, God, like that's totally <laughs> they're showcasing him. They're trading him and that you, you could be onto something there. But to your point, yes, I think that it would be interesting to see them swap. Kareem Hunt in Denver would be super interesting, as well as Kareem Hunt in Los Angeles, possibly. But neither of those teams have a lot of draft capital. So I don't know if they're going to make moves, especially not being super contenders at this point. So we shall see how that all shakes out. Um, we also have maybe a quarterback situation in New Orleans. And as our New Orleans expert, I'd love to hear from <laughs> you because watching this, I mean, Look, uh, Andy Dalton what is currently the QB2 behind Joe Burrow this week. I mean, it, it, I get it. It's not like the prettiest QB2 stat line, but it gets the job done for fantasy. So I would like to know what your take is on this, if we're going to see Jameis Winston next week or if it's going to be Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think the Saints have a real dilemma on their hands, Samantha, because um, I think it's time for Jameis to come back. I, I'm Medically, I don't know for sure, but he has been working his way back, working his way back all the way to where he was the number two quarterback in this last game. He says he's feeling a lot better. So I think it becomes a performance decision now that they've had this sort of 10, they're in the middle of a 10 day break between games. And it's really tough because Andy Dalton has done a lot of really good things with this offense. It's looked like the offense they want to have run game first, uh, short, efficient passes second. But then Andy Dalton goes out with a chance to maybe cement it. And he does all mm -hmm. the things that everyone's always accused Jameis Winston of doing wrong. Three interceptions in the yep. first half, one of them in the end zone, two pick sixes after the two minute warning, which was just, uh, you know, I mean, it derailed the game. It sort of derailed the whole season. It was uh, not completely his fault, especially the one that, that bounced off the receiver's hands. But still, it's tough to look Jameis Winston in the eye and say, we're not giving you your starting job back. We're sticking with the guy who just had three interceptions in the first half the other night. But I think there's a real dilemma because the Saints actually over the last three weeks lead the NFL in points scored. So they do like a lot of things they've been doing with their offense. The question is, do they think they can sustain those offensive games while going back to Jameis Winston? Um, I'll be really curious to see. I, I think what we see in practice on Wednesday um, – Will might might be the answer. I mean, I think I think they're going to have Dennis Allen just said today they're going to have those discussions over the next couple of days. I think they want to know going into the week who they're going with. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, with a couple teams on by, uh, we've got the Raiders coming up next week, which I think could make either one of them a potentially viable streamer. Uh, but we can talk about that a little yeah. bit later. It would definitely help if they get Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry or, or I was just going to say in the near future, which is also something I'm very excited to see on the field Wednesday, because boy, oh boy, does this team need some bodies back, especially in the secondary, but also at receiver. Yeah, and I was just going to say to your point about them actually scoring a lot of points and being a very confident offense, they're doing all of that without two of their best receivers. So, I mean, 
Chris Olavez looked amazing, but even like, you know, a couple games ago, they didn't have anyone. So, and they still, you know, put up a lot of points. So it's uh, been pretty, it's an interesting dynamic that I want to see unfold. Um, On the injury front, unfortunately, like last week was pretty light and this week it came roaring back the wave of injuries. So uh, Brees Hall probably being the biggest one. He was a standout rookie, having an amazing season, of course, and he is now out for the year with a torn ACL and meniscus damage. Um, So hopefully he comes back next year full strength. That obviously elevates Michael Carter to potentially within striking distance of, you know, like RB one status in the right matchups um, because the jets are actually looking pretty good. I, I mean, I don't know what's, what's going on, but that's, uh, that's everything we want that we haven't, the, the other situations haven't presented a good team that might actually be uh, protecting some leads with one running back who looks like he'll lead a timeshare who both runs and catches sign me up for Michael Carter. If, if he's available in one of my leagues. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we also got DK Metcalf. I felt really bad because there were a lot of people making fun of him getting taken off the field because of that time that he got taken off the field just to use the bathroom. Unfortunately, it was an actual injury, though it sounds less serious than I think people thought initially he is week to week with his patellar tendon issue sounds like he wants to play uh this week who knows if that'll actually happen but it sounds like it's better news poor one out though for the fantasy team that i have Brees hall and dk metcalf on so in the matter of minutes i was like my whole season is just out the window so certainly disappointing there we've also got david njoku with a high ankle sprain mike williams with a high ankle sprain as well and amon ross st brown who left that game very early to the dismay of many fantasy managers who started him and he's in the concussion protocol which i think like a lot of people had this have this expectation of players returning pretty quickly and i that's just not been happening as much with the changed protocol so he could definitely miss next week any of those kind of stand out to you yeah no you're you're exactly right about that um um that's the same thing i was thinking is you need to monitor that. And even though they say they're encouraged, I think there was already a report that he's on the men. I mean, I just know this from Chris Olave last week, he passed sort of every test and returned to practice fully on Friday and they still held him out, which, you know, it's nice to see those precautions, but it's, it's important to keep in mind that teams are taking this seriously right now. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details.
Let us just jump into the waiver spy position. We've got the Bills, Vikings, Eagles, and Rams returning from buy. So sometimes players are dropped, like that have a bye week. You know, you might have Kirk Cousins dropped and you might have had Russell Wilson. So maybe like something like that, you could you could maybe grab him. And then now we've got the Chiefs and Chargers on buy in week eight. So just two teams, but two teams chock full of fantasy relevant guys. So in terms of quarterback, I really only like one guy on this list so far. We talked about Dalton and Winston as potential guys, but Daniel Jones is the one that really stands out to me right now. He's 30% rostered, just had his best game of the year as uh, the G-men picked up their sixth win of the year. I mean, I don't even know what their win total was, but I feel like it must be around six. Uh, And, you know, he is the QB three just behind Andy Dalton and Joe Burrow. So interesting list there. Uh, The rushing, though, is what was really interesting. I mean, he's always a mobile quarterback, but he's got 107 yards and a touchdown in that game and still maybe dealing with this ankle thing. But he looks at full strength now. Um, I have a little bit of worries about the loss of uh, first round tackle uh, Evan Neal. I'm not sure how long that is. It's a MCL sprain. So that could be a few weeks for sure. Um, And I know that this offensive line has just been a pain point for the giants for so long. So, and they lost Daniel Bellinger. So it was, it was a game that was not great for them in terms of offense. I mean, they still ended up winning the game, but I think that he will be a really good high end streaming option for Mahomes or Herbert next week against the Seattle defense 22nd in DVOA, according to football outsiders. So um, he would be my favorite pick. Do you have any ones that you like a lot? Well, I agree with you that the, uh, the baseline, he gives you with rushing yards it's funny i had him as my backup to russell wilson in the league and it was kind of like a nice thanks for making the decision for me broncos because you know i i was hovering over switching to daniel jones anyway and it's i mean you feel like you're going to get a nice floor with him i agree i'd be one i'd absolutely hope is there if, if i was waiver wire shopping for quarterback right now i know taylor heineke is next on your list it's obviously hard to trust him but you know, it was a reminder that he's done this before. And, and I think the most promising thing about seeing Taylor Heineke back in there for Washington was the resurrection of, of Terry McLaurin's stat yes. line. So I hope that trend continues because it, it's been a little disappointing seeing uh, McLaurin go so ignored. So combine that with Jahan Dotson's injury. I wonder if, if the Heineke-McLaurin connection uh, becomes something worth chasing in, in fantasy going forward. Absolutely. And he is widely available, 5% rostered. Other guys you might want to look at if uh, Daniel Jones is not available and you are the uh, manager with Patrick Mahomes or or Justin Herbert. Mac Jones is 16% rostered. He looks like he's making his return this week. He was... uh, I think he was the QB nine in week three against Baltimore before getting hurt Did throw three interceptions in this game. You know, like the real true pure fit, like football people hate stuff like that, of course, because they're like, how can you throw three interceptions in a game and still be QB nine? But he got the job done there. Um, Other surprising things would be PJ Walker. That was pretty surprising against the Bucks defense. I don't necessarily advise going out there, but uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a surprising sort of uh, performance from him. I almost started him. So honestly, this is so disappointing. I have a 16 team league with super deep benches, like eight spots or something like that. So everyone rosters two quarterbacks, which leaves no one to be clear. Um, and I'm Ross, I have uh, Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins 
and Kirk Cousins is on by and Russell Wilson is hurt. So I had to choose between Brett Rippian and uh, PJ Walker. And unfortunately I chose wrong there. I was just thinking that, oh God, like the, the matchup is so bad. How How is he going to fare against the Bucks defense? But uh, that's unfortunate, but you know, on to week eight there. <laughs> um, in terms of running backs though, uh, we've got a number of names here. Gus Edwards really stands out to me. He's 43% rostered. He is everything I had hoped Kenyon Drake would be last week. Uh, yeah. Returned from this torn ACL he suffered in training camp last year. Uh, absolutely just carved up this Cleveland defense, which they cannot hold anything against the run. So they are just looking absolutely abysmal. I, I think you should start every running back <laughs> against uh, Cleveland this year, but uh, I think he's going to be very valuable with Dobbins on injured reserve um, and Drake will probably be the number two. I mean, he was extremely ineffective, 11 carries for five yards. So ouch, sorry if you started him. Um, unfortunately, a little bit of a tough matchups coming up against uh, the Bucks and Saints, though the Bucks did have a whole bunch of rushing yards uh, dropped on them last week. Yeah, the Bucs and Saints are not, neither one of them is the rushing defense that they used to be right now. But yeah. actually, I think the best takeaway of what you just said was uh, to, look, to look for running backs who are going against the Cleveland defense because that's been consistent. I'm a little wary of investing heavily in Gus Edwards because I'm just wary of, you know, the Ravens' backfield. Uh, you know, they pull the rug out from under you over and over again these last couple of years. And I mean, the story we thought with Gus Edwards was when he came back, they would ease him in very slowly. I mean, he missed sure. so much time and we saw them treat, you know, JK Dobbins with kid gloves and, and really limit him and then step back when he wasn't recovering well. So I thought it was going to take a long time to see yeah. Gus Edwards get this kind of volume. So that really surprised me, but I don't necessarily know that we can keep relying on that. I mean, actually, when you look at snap shares, it wasn't as dominated by Edwards um, uh, against Kenyon Drake or Justice Hill, to be honest, in this game. J.K. Dobbins will eventually come back. So, of course, I will pick up Gus Edwards if I need a running back this week. Sure. But I don't feel the same way that, you know, like when when we were like, maybe use your entire fab budget on, on Kenneth Walker. Actually, I would be more excited to to go after Michael Carter than Gus Edwards right now if if I was in a league that had both of them available. Oh, absolutely. He should be all, just blow all the fab if Michael Carter is available at this point. Uh, we talked about the Panthers, guys, for sure. Um, Kyron Williams is a guy that I think could be interesting. It's not this week, but it's more of a bench stash type thing. He is uh, from uh, the Rams' fifth-round pick from this year out of Notre Dame, has missed all these games with the ankle injury, but it sounds like he's close to return, and they want to give him a hefty workload right out of the gate. He is 31% rostered, and like I said, he's on injured reserve, so he doesn't really cost you a roster spot in most situations. Um, and we know the acre situation, Daryl Henderson has wear and tear issues. He's, he's a little bit older. So certainly could be an opportunity for the rookie to step up. Uh, we talked about the Broncos guys. Latavius Murray is 40% rostered. I mean, Mike Boone did go down in this game. Then they signed Marlon Mack. I don't know if that, that does not seem super significant to me. I just think it's going to be some kind of timeshare with Murray and Gordon who could be off to another team. So uh, that's just a situation to monitor. Dearness Johnson is also another name. Uh, the last name I'll mention, he is 1% rostered. He has done absolutely nothing all season, but if Kareem Hunt ends up moving on, I think that he could see a big increase in workload. 
I, I like your Kyron Williams tip, especially because you might have an IR spot that you can sneak him yeah. onto uh, as a way to wait and see what his role looks like when he finally does come back. The other one I like is Rashad White. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we've mentioned him a couple of times before in the past, just among all the ones that if the starter were to go down, it looks like there's a clear number two. But not only that, he is starting to chip away at Leonard Fournette's playing time. Yeah. And he was actually more effective in this last game than Fournette was. I don't I don't think there's a risk that he's going to take his job away from him. But just the fact that he might have sort of two, you know, two B, one B, two A <laughs> uh, <laughs> value in a in a deep league, but then would have tremendous value if anything ever happened to Fournette. I think he'd be a smart guy to, to stash on the bench. Definitely. And I, I know, like, again, the game script in that game was super wonky, but yeah. I think, I, I don't know what, do you think that this is the Bucks going forward? Do you think this is an indicator of Tom Brady? I know this is a little bit off topic, but yeah, no. it's relevant because I just wonder about this, like all the players on this team, how much we can trust them moving forward. Uh, well, I'm going to keep beating my head against the wall. I mean, I keep trotting Tom Brady out there in two leagues. I keep trotting Chris, Chris Godwin out there. I have Leonard Fournette. Like I, yeah. I keep thinking, you know, but look, the good news is they're not going to face juggernauts like Carolina every week. So yeah, juggernauts, absolutely juggernauts. <laughs> eventually I'm sure the schedule will ease up, but no, I I'm, I'm one of these I'm, I'm in general, uh, the kind of person who kind of tries to like wait things out and, and think things will return to the norm, but we are seven weeks in now and it's getting harder and harder to believe that with, uh, with Tampa Bay, but, but, but it's hard not to believe that they're better than three points against the Panthers. That's for sure. Absolutely. I just could not believe that that game went the way it did. So, um, hopefully they turn things around just for fantasy football. Cause I do have Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette on a lot of rosters, okay. but let us move on to why receivers uh we talked about paris campbell he's just four percent rostered i mean matt ryan had an atrocious day but campbell still ended up with a pretty nice day i mean he so last week he caught seven of 11 targets for 57 yards and a touchdown this week 10 of 12 targets that's all that's all that passing volume that you were talking about for 70 yards and a touchdown um had a better day than Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. Uh, I mean, the big question mark for him is has always been the injuries, right? I mean, he is the wide receiver, wide receiver seven for the week, but he has never played more than seven games in a season. Um, and now we also have the th- extra variable of Sam Ellinger. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they do have Washington next week, but I don't, I don't know how comfortable you would feel starting him so maybe it's more of a wait and see type thing I kind of felt a little bit better with him uh you know if it was Ryan under center versus Allender but we'll see maybe can't get worse from them um in terms of some other guys I like I like Wandale Robinson uh we talked about just the Giants receiver receiving core just not being able to stay healthy we've got Kadarius Tony who just seems like he'll never see the field again um Sterling Shepard has a torn ACL so I mean I think that he could be he he isn't a prospect that I actually found super impressive out of college just I thought that the landing spot was kind of funny but if he's going to be like the only guy healthy then certainly it looks interesting especially on this team that's looking a lot 
lot better offensively than I think anyone expected. So he's 29% rostered. And as I mentioned, they've got the Seahawks next week. Um, and then Khalif Raymond, we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown potentially missing this game. I mean, it's just riskier now with the, the concussion protocols. He's out there in every league. So he's got the Dolphins defense to go up against this week. They've been pretty permeable against the pass. Um, so I like him. And then the last name I will mention is Elijah Moore. Just keep an eye on him. We talked about what's going on here. He's 42% rostered. He's been dropping. And I think that honestly, this may be the time to pick him up because it can't get worse than catching passes from Zach Wilson. <laughs> well, hopefully he gets traded. That seems like the only yeah. hope for Elijah Moore at this point. Pretty but much. I mean, I guess Corey Davis's injury uh, should open things up. It's it's so disappointing that for the second year in a row, when Zach Wilson plays, the, the receiver production goes down because they have so many exciting right. receivers in New York. Um, Just bring but, back Joe Flacco, please. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's our that's our dying hope for fantasy. Who knew? Um <laughs> But uh, look, yeah, I, I agree with, with Paris Campbell. I think it's just, it's tough because when you say those numbers again, seven for 57, 10 for 70, that's kind of yeah. offense they were running with, with Matt Ryan. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously you're very encouraged that that means that the team and the offensive coordinator and the snaps Absolutely. he's getting and the looks he's getting, he's a trusted guy there, but I am more intrigued by his teammate, Alec Pierce, if he's still available mm -hmm. because of the upside, um, and, and the fact that he's a rookie receiver that could keep getting better. And, and on this list, I like Wandale Robinson. Um, I picked him up a bunch last week cause I was just so intrigued by, uh, there just seemed to be, you know, from the reporters I talked to in New York, like, uh, he's better than what we've seen so far as they're bringing in three new receivers every week. And then I was really encouraged <laughs> six catches for 50 yards on eight targets was all in the first half. So they were mm -hmm. peppering him right away. It was a big part of the game plan. Now he ended up with no targets in the second half. So, um, uh, that could be the kind of up and down ride that you're going on with Wandale Robinson. But, uh, I think it's just a little more fun when you can combine somebody who's getting both volume and has the upside that he has that that's someone I'd want to chase on a list like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one other name I wanted to mention, potentially DeAndre Carter from the Chargers. Now I know they're going on by, but he could be an interesting stash if it looks like Mike Williams is going to miss, you know, multiple weeks. He could end up on IR. So uh, certainly a name to keep an eye on, especially with Keenan Allen's uh, hamstring injuries on his own. Um, and then let us turn our attention to the best position or most most headache inducing position really uh tight ends um so the names that kind of stand there's actually a number of names this week that i like so evan ingram is a perennial guy he's like a permanent permanent fixture on this waiver wire report because he's actually pretty quietly been pretty good i mean he's averaging 7.7 .7 targets per game tight end nine and half ppr scoring through the last three weeks has not found the end zone this year but the, the targets have kept him very much afloat i don't like the 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 uh schedule coming up for him particularly against the broncos but um certainly could be in the streaming conversation the weeks after against the Raiders and Chiefs. A um, couple of uh, rookie tight ends that I actually really like. I had both of these guys on my look ahead waiver wire report. That's Greg Dulcich and Kate Otten. Um, Dulcich is everything that we hoped Albert Okwebnam would have been. By the way, I spent all, you know, offseason trying to pronounce this name and it ended up not being important. <laughs> um, but he looks like everything we wanted Albert O to be. Um, and it, He's looking like the tight end one in Denver, which I get it. It's not as exciting, especially with Ripian throwing passes. But, um, you know, uh, Russell with 
Russell Wilson might look better once he, he has a little bit of rest. And I, I think he's an impressive uh, prospect. So he's definitely someone that I would keep an eye on in deeper leagues. Uh, and definitely, uh, I mean, we have uh, Cameron Bree out with a neck injury, and it looks like he's becoming the tight end one in Tampa. So uh, caught four or five targets for 65 yards in a game that, you know, they scored three points. Hopefully they can generate a little more offense in the future. Um, and one name I did want to ask you about was Juwan Johnson, um, specifically because he is out there in almost every league. 3% rostered, um, just absolutely stellar week in week seven. He's the tight end two in half PBR behind only George Kittle. Is this an indication of future usage for him? Or is this kind of just like all the injuries or maybe just the injuries will linger and it'll still be a thing? I don't know. Is Juwan Johnson yeah. a thing? Well, first of all, I'm proud of you on the Albert O pronunciation. I was going <laughs> to let you uh, say the last name of our wide receiver, Ben, in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. And I just let him go unmentioned because I did not do name research. I was let, letting that be your department. Um, yeah, that's so funny. Dulcich and Otten, uh, two teams that did not score a touchdown this week. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you want to believe in those guys. And actually, Otten is one. I just told you I'm a glutton with, with Tampa Bay. So Otten is probably the one on this list that I would pick up because I just feel like there's some upside there. Juwan Johnson's really interesting. I think the reason he's only 3% rostered is because the crowd of tight ends in New Orleans, Taysom Hill, who we've talked about a lot in recent weeks and who I still like better than all these names just because uh, his plays are so high impact. And again, Absolutely. he finally caught his first touchdown pass this week. But Adam Troutman, who probably leads them in snaps in most weeks because of his run blocking ability um, and has gotten some end zone targets, he has been injured. And I'm not sure if he'll be back yet this week. But what Jawan Johnson has consistently been all year is their, their hurry up guy. Um, so he got a ton of volume in week one when they spent the entire fourth quarter in their sort of no, no huddle, hurry up, catch up mode five wide. And that's what was happening again in Arizona. And he gets two touchdown passes in that case. So in a typical week when they're according to script, Jawan Johnson is a fine option, but he doesn't really separate himself. But the fact that he is their guy that keeps Troutman and Hill off the field, if they have to go past having, unfortunately, that's sort of a new reality for the saints these days. He, he absolutely is an option who is capable of having a two touchdown game in a situation like this. They like him in the red zone and they like him in hurry up. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's got the uh, Raiders soft defense on deck at week eight, so he could be at least on the streaming radar in deeper leagues. Um, and one last name I wanted to mention, we talked about the David Njoku injury, Harrison Bryant, 0% rosters. You can get him in any league out there. I mean, David Njoku has been really surprising this really season. Uh, tight end six and half EPR scoring through seven weeks. Uh, he caught all seven of his targets for 71 yards high ankle sprain will will definitely miss some time and Bryant is the next man up on the depth chart I think that the targets will be distributed like I think guys like Donovan People jo Peoples Jones and maybe David Bell might get a little bit more involvement with this injury um, but Harrison Bryant would be the next guy up so just keep an eye on him um, any other names come to mind for you or no, I think you covered it, but that, I'm glad you snuck him in again at the end because yeah, that position has absolutely been producing for Cleveland Awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining me again. Um, guys, anyone out there, if you have specific lineup questions, if you have trade questions, I love to answer them. Please email them to mailbagactionnetwork.com. Um, I will answer them in my weekly article. Um, and I think that is it for now. So thanks so much for joining the Fantasy Flex and we will see you guys next week.